public's out there throwing darts at a board, sport. I don't throw darts at a board. I bet on sure things. Read Sun Tzu, The Art of War. Every battle is won before it's ever fought. Think about it. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. And we are back at Augusta National. And you never walk away from the table when you're on a heater. Amen. Corner, maybe, just maybe, Jordan Spieth will fall apart on the back nine once again. Again? It could happen, right? How about Brooks Kepka? Forget about the knee pain and coming back to this weekend. Why? Why is this all going on? Because it's Augusta National, Georgia, the Masters, the Cut Line, a podcast unlike any other. Look, when you win the Masters, green jacket. When you crush a GPP, the color green, the color of money. Coincidence? I think not. The Masters tournament is right around the corner, and the Cut Line is excited to break it down. It's our favorite major here at the Cut Line. We're going to give you in-depth DraftKings analysis of this year's player pool. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, Spain, Lithuania, Germany, Belgium. You name it, the cut line is there worldwide. In the States, Alaska, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, Florida, Georgia, Texas. We're still in Las Vegas, even though they don't play DFS there. So what? The cut line is dedicated to providing its listeners with a show that's unique, in-depth, and just going to provide you with some love, right? Now, you can help the cut line out. Subscribe to any which way you listen to our show and give us a five-star review. This will keep you in the loop of any changes of future shows or cut line productions. And in addition, come on, if you get sick of us, just unsubscribe. Very easy to do. Now, listen, click that subscribe button. Smash the love button, the like button, write us a review, anything you can do to help us out. We much, much appreciated. I'm your host, Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. Huge news. The plant called and said, if you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday. <laughs> Four-day weekend. Cutlinegolf.com is live. The course report, breakdown of Augusta National. All the information that you need is in there. The core four is going to be posted up shortly. It is the four key plays for GPPs. In addition to that, we have the 19th hole that's in the core four. Gives you anything that I feel that's relevant to this weekend's tournament that we talk about on this show. Tournament models galore. We are continuing to develop them and provide them for our listeners, for anyone who's interested in expanding their golf DFS game. It's all free, man. It's all free. Check it out. It's all free. Want me to keep going? I'll keep going. You got access to every podcast. Every one we've ever done. Every single podcast that's ever done. You want to listen to Zach? Go ahead. Go listen to him. He's got some on his own because I was sick or something. Check that shit out. And of course, let's not forget the driving range where I tackle all those PGA DFS questions that you have, ranging from rules 
to how many players should be in your core, all that type of information, and it's all there on the website, ready to roll, all for you. I love it. All right, so we're going to break down the good, the bad, the ugly, the Valero. First, the good. Matt Wallace, EVR, you name it, we nailed it, except for one. Except for one. And we will get back to the uh, in the ugly. We'll talk about him in the ugly. But the bad. Matt Wallace again on Sunday. What a jerk, man. I, I, I had him rolling as an outright. Would have cashed big. I think I got him at plus 150 or 150 to one. And I was like, ah. Oh. And he just didn't do anything on Sunday, right? Jordan Spieth ran away with the whole tournament. Was was solid from Thursday to Sunday. And God, that's going to elevate ownership this weekend, right? And of course, the ugly, my can't do it play last weekend was Jordan Spieth, right? I didn't want to buy into the concept of him winning. I wanted him to do poorly so we could play him this weekend. And now we have just a conundrum coming with what do we do with him in ownership. So the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Masters Tournament. Our first PJ Major of the 2021 season. Remember, last year's Major did not count. And we're going to do the best we can. Menacing and terrifying. The shark has been menacing and terrifying for over a decade. Sharks can only be found in two places on Earth, the northern and southern hemispheres. This shark is called a hammerhead because his head looks like a hammer. These sharks are attacking Nicole Ritchie. Yes, the shark is a... What the fuck? Look, man, look at that thing's teeth. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside send traps, and a putt that might just drop through the back door. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you're winning smashing lineups, cashing lineups, cashing lineups that are in the big time green. But so is your bankroll on Sunday. Get a positive, positive ROI. But now it's Wednesday night. Lineups lock Thursday early. What are you going to be doing? I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to check out Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. Fanshare Sports provides the most elite ownership analysis in the industry. You need leverage. You need an edge. You go straight to Fanshare Sports. Easy, easy way to set up. Go to FanshareSports.com. Push the subscribe button. Fill out all your data information. And the discount code, write the word CUTLINE, and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. Remember, Ownership is big. It's key. It's huge this weekend. You got to, got to, got to, got to, got to check it out. So other sites that I use that help me are PGA Tour and Fantasy National. If your lineups are ending on the wrong side of the flag stick, please, please, please check out Fantasy National. Please check out the PGATour.com, which is completely free. You should be at least checking that out. And of course, go to Fansharesports.com to build the best winning lineups for your PGA DFS tournaments. I'm so excited. Okay. Tiger's first incredible win in 97. Phil's win in 2004. The chip in 2005. That's that's Tiger's incredible chip with the fist pump. Um, 
the hook that was more crooked than a question mark from Bubba Watson. There's always something amazing that happens at this tournament. We, we, we look at like DJ winning last year. Like it was played in November. We've never seen that. I've never seen that in my lifetime. So it was fun to see. But like past winners in the field include, include Bubba Watson, Sergio Garcia, Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, Zach Johnson. Okay. I mean, we got an incredible field, an amazing field, and we just have a lot of golf to be played here this weekend. Augusta National, though, we got to break down Augusta National. It's hands down one, if not the greatest golfing events on the planet. It gets exhausting for golfers, and the tournament itself is always full of surprises for fans and spectators alike. The point being is that Augusta National is the premier tournament for DFS and one hell of a tournament to bet on. Every renovation that has been completed in the last few years has been installed to protect this course from the advancement of the modern player. People are still convinced that Bryson DeChambeau can break this course wide open. The fact is that there may not be a ton of length here. The course still plays as tough as ever. Now, the most frustrating aspect for me in terms of the Masters, yes, there's tons of contests to play, and I love that. But when you consider DraftKings, this tournament plays more like a WGC event than the actual regular uh, tournament, you know, with 164 golfers cut at 65 plus. There is a cut line. It doesn't create a massive lack of six of six, right? The cut rule for the Masters is top 50 and ties make the cut. So you need to have a lineup that not only is somewhat unique, but in possession of some golfers, if not all the golfers that are placing in the top 10, top 15 to even cash big. So a lot of a lot of tough things to do there. Now, there are bogeys all over the course, and as we've seen historically, the dominance of the par fives is where the leaderboard is defined. Of course, you get lucky putts, chips, approach shots, eagle shots, and par threes. Gotta love it. Or um, par fours. On average, though, over 30% of the birdies and essentially all the eagles come from the par fives. So keep that in mind. Four par threes, 10 par fours, four par fives, grass types and hazards. We're looking at Poa bent grass. Your average green size is only 6,400 square feet with a huge, huge, huge high stint meter of 13 plus. Fast, fast, speedy greens. Six water hazards, 44 bunkers. Looking at the weather right now, it looks relatively dry until Friday when we're looking at some rain. I don't know how much the force cast could potentially change. Right now, I think they'll play through it, but it is going to make a softer course Friday afternoon and going into Saturday. Ownership note, you don't need like sub 3% ownership, right? The lowest guy in the milling maker, you know, a few years ago was Lee Westwood at 2.7%. Last year, it was CT Pan at sub 3%. It's hard to run into those guys. It's hard to guess right on those guys. If you're going crazy playing a ton of lineups, go ahead. Guess your gut galore, but not going to do it. Key stats for me, scrambling, three-putt avoidments, strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained ball striking, and an approach, and of course, birdie or better percentage on those par fives. But the question is, who are we going to play this weekend? These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment where we will break down the golfers all the way from the top tier. Look at that 11K range all the way down to the 7K range. And remember, it's the Masters. It's loaded. 
You look at that 11, 10K range and you have tons of golfers in there. You look at the 9K range, there are so many great players in there. Remember the official world golf rankings, this tournament allowed the top 50 to come play. And my oh my, do they want to come show up. All right, so looking at the top tier, and that's DJ, Rom, DeChambeau, JT, Rory, and Xander. All of them are viable. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're all viable. But when looking at ownership specifically in our first run through, your top owned guys are Johnny Rom and Justin Thomas. Rom specifically because we don't have to worry about the baby issue anymore, right? He had his, he had his, his boy and everyone's healthy. Everyone's happy. Everyone's safe. He's going to end up playing in Augusta this weekend. The only thing I worry about being a new father is, you know, he's going to be exhausted, but come on, man, the wife's going to let him sleep. He's going to be ready to roll. He's going to be pumped. Um, so there's the thing. When you look at John Rahm, though, here at Augusta, right? We, we've talked about him on the verge of winning a major. Seventh place last year, ninth in 2019, fourth in 2018. So that seventh place finish, you know, in November, that's three straight top tens, 27th in the first time here in 2017. It's John Rahm right? There's a ton of success here. We saw him finish at ninth in the players. In my approach model, he ranks in the top 20. In terms of like historic approach, he's in the top two. He's number two. He's number two. So there's no reason to not play Johnny Rahm here with that ownership. Remember, if you are going to commit though, overdo it. Overdo it. Don't try to match ownership. I, I think it's going to be hard to deviate. Overdo it. Commit to these guys here up at this top tier if you're going to buy into it. Second guy, very curious is Dustin Johnson, 11,500. Interesting how you're going to build lineups here with this Stars and Scrubs mentality up here at 11.5. But the thing is, he's coming in at only 12% ownership. I talk about this in, in on the website, and I wrote this up. And I kind of want to point this out. When you look at like the history of winners here at Augusta National, 74%, nearly 75% of that have come from the United States, 62 golfers. After that, no one's close. South Africa has five. Spain has five. England has four. Germany has two. Only one winner um, comes from a few other countries. Six, actually. The point being is that of those 62 who won in the U.S., all right, Nicholas won six. Tiger won five of them. Palmer, four. Demerit, three. Sneed, three. Mickelson, three. Smith, two. Nelson, two. Hogan, two. Watson, two. Crenshaw, two. That means that the winners, multi-winners, account for 58%, nearly half of that 74% of wins. That, to me, is insane. Insane. So think about it like this. You look at South Africa. Okay, Gary Player won three of the five wins, 60% of them. Faldo of England's four won three of those. The point being, you want to bet on the horses who have won here before simply because his history trends say that the best golfers come here, they win, and they win multiple times. If you're getting Dustin Johnson and you feel you can piece together a lineup that is as solid lineup, mind you, with 11,500 Dustin Johnson at a 12% ownership, you do it. You take that risk. Can he go back to back? Sure. Why not? Is it going to be incredibly difficult? Absolutely. You look at his current form. I would question playing Dustin Johnson right now with him playing 48th at the, at the players and looking terrible at the WGC Mexico, looking awful at the match play. 
but it's Dustin Johnson defending his title. Seventh in my overall rankings, first in my confidence ranking, eighth in my aggregate ranking. I will more than likely take some shots on DJ. Bryson DeChambeau, he is not getting the same love JT and Johnny Rahm are, but he is pretty high at 17%. We have not seen Augusta treat him very nicely, right? 34th last year, 29th in 2019, 38th in 2018, 21st in 2016. So DeChambeau is never top 10 here. Thing is, he's coming off, you know, the incredible play at the players. He finished third. For that, one at the API. WGC Mexico finished 22nd. So we know his game's in solid form. The question is, when his errant tee shots go left, right, wherever they go, can he recover? Can he scramble well enough? We saw him struggle to get through the first two rounds last year, like in November. It was brutal. Some of those par fives were where I thought he was looking at birdie or eagle. He couldn't hack it. And of course, the other issue is the putting. If he can't get those putting down, if he's not ready for that, like we're going to see a mid-linked Bryson DeChambeau again, hoping for top 10, I'm going to most definitely roster him. And of course, Rory McIlroy, you only roster Rory if you think he's going to win. And the problem is, is he teases it so much. 10th in 2016, 7th, 5th, 21st, 5th. So, so of those finishing positions, he's got an average finishing position of 10th, top 10. But we already know he's going through a swing change. He's frustrated, looked terrible at the match play, missed the cut at the players. You're going through a swing change now. Why? You could have just waited till the offseason, but whatever. I mean, you're going to pull a Ricky Fowler. Go ahead. Um, overall, 24th in my stat model. And then in my aggregate model, 21st. So, he, so he's barely cracking the, the top 20 in my confidence model, number 16. Vegas has him pretty high, but it, it's Rory McIlroy. So, of course, he's going to be high. Um, looking at the other two, I don't really mention and. And I know they're going to be very popular. I'm curious to see if this 23% on Justin Thomas goes up. Because if it does, he's a viable fade. I, I, I'm most definitely going to roster him in my you know multi-entry contest. I don't know where we're going to go from there. If the ownership gets too high, obviously he becomes a cash game lock. I don't expect him to miss the cut, right? And I don't expect him to, you know not be playing in Sunday and not potentially in, in contention because he's been playing so well. He he won at the players for God, you know, God for God for goodness sake. But looking at last year, fourth, 12th, 17th, 22nd, 39th here at the Masters. Like it it's obvious he's on the verge of winning a major at some point. He's so young. Even though he's got like an old man's face, he looks like he's like 37, 38, 39. He's 24, 25 years old. But Justin Thomas is on the verge of winning a major. It's going to happen. Okay. He's that damn good. Is it going to be the Masters? I don't know. But from a DFS leverage standpoint, if he gets up to that 30% threshold, which I think someone like Corey Connors is, Paul Casey, those guys down there, can't do it. Can't do it. So keep watching that ownership. Keep watching that ownership on JT. Otherwise, though, stat-wise, he fits the bill. He does everything so well. JT's totally in play. Last option, Xander Shoffley. Xander's the opposite. I think that ownership's going to go down. We're looking at the double digit right now. We're looking at 11%. But if it gets to single digit ownership, yes, you play him. Do you play him in a three max? I don't think so. Do you play him in in you know a single entry if you want to get bold? Absolutely. But at 10K, 
you know, he's a solid option for a guy who finished in second place in 2019. Top 20 last year. First time he played here, finished in 50th. So uh, most definitely a viable option here at $10,000. Going down on that 9K range, I'm going to be honest. There is no one in this range I don't like. There really isn't. I think they're all excellent plays. From Cantley all the way down to Webb Simpson, we, we have Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, who have won here before. Morikawa finally played here. Brooks Kepka has almost won here before. Tony Finau, we, we want you to do well for once. Please, please do well. Not looking that good for Finau right now, though. Reason form-wise. But looking at this 9K range, if I have to rank it, if I have to go from top to bottom, and I'm, I, I take into ownership, Vegas, cut percentage, my confidence model, all my models just kind of aggregated together. Right now, I'm looking at Tony Finau, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, Kepka, Morikawa, Webb Simpson, and Patrick Reed. Here's the thing, though. I like Patrick Reed because he always comes in as the under-owned leverage play that can totally win at Augusta, right? He has the short game and the putting to do it. He can absolutely get hot. Webb Simpson, same thing, has that game. Now, he's never won here, right? He's never won here. So so that's the problem with playing Webby. Um, the thing is, though, we, 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 we've seen middling results with him as well. 29th in 2016, missed cut in 2017, 20th in 2018, 5th in 2019, 10th in 2021. So, so Webb's an interesting play. Of course, we know Brooks comes to play at these events, 7th, you know, just in November, second in 2019, 11th in 2017. So we've seen that success, right? We saw him when Tiger won back in 2019. Patrick Reed, obviously, with the win in 2018, the year before Tiger. Spieth, who can forget falling apart the last time Spieth was, you know, in contention, finishing second in 2018. He finished third, never really was sniffing the leaderboard. That was a uh, Bubba Watson, I think. And then, you know, last two years, it, 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 let's be honest. The Masters is humbling, right? Even though Spieth won last week, he could come out here and just be eaten alive by this course, as, as great as the game is. But the key question, I think, this week with these guys is, again, ownership. And it starts with Jordan Spieth, right? What do you do with the guy who just won the Valero? Who owns this track? And I, it comes down to two, two trains of thought. So one is game theory. Do you think that people are going to roster Spieth? Or do you believe that everyone's going to say, no, he can't win back-to-back tournaments and everyone's going to play him, so I'm going to fade him? It's a really hard question to answer right now. I'm leaning towards everyone's going to play him. And I don't mind that. I don't mind if I eat the Jordan Speed chalk because he plays so well here and I'll just diversify elsewhere. I don't care if it starts with Jordan Speed and I got all these 9K guys in my range. I'll do it. I'll take it. That's I think I think that's a smart leverage play to see if you can do it because you want the best golfers in the world in your lineups. It's, it, it is a WGC event in many regards, right? So you want the scoring ability. You want that upside. Colin Morikawa, why wouldn't you take him? All right, he's coming in at 12%. 12% ownership right now for Colin Morikawa for a guy who's already got a major under his belt. Ranks 31st in my overall stat model, but ranks 22nd in my confidence model 
19th in my aggregate model, but it's just a solid approach player. In terms of this course, played here for the first time, 44th in November. So it's fresh in his memory. I'll take it. I'll take Morikawa in that spot. Patrick Cantley, 17th last year, 9th in 2019. Solid approach player, solid ball striker. Another guy who could win this tournament. Top third, top five in my overall stat model. Okay. You have to nail guys in this range. If you start here, you've got to pick the winner. In fact, like just for the weekend, you need the winner. You need them in your optimal lineup or it's just not going to happen. Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, Webb Simpson. We have questions about Kepka, questions about Finau, right? We have questions if Finau can win on Sunday. He's going to win someday. He's that good. We have questions about Brooks Kepka's knee. He just had surgery. So hopefully we get his reports on Twitter, follow him through the through the Par 3 Challenge. Um, I'm hoping to get more news on Kepka. Hopefully he has an interview process coming out here soon. Something to give us some kind of like bit of information as to what's going on in his knee. What kind of procedure was done? Specifically, what did the doctor say was the timetable? Is he surprised that he's back for this tournament? These are all key questions that we need answers to. Before we say, okay, Brooks, and your 7% ownership, I'm locking you in at like 30% ownership, and I'm going to dominate any GPP that I'm in. It's something to think about. All right. Of course, Patrick Reed. We talked about the multiple championships. Jordan Speed, multiple championships. Win your second one. Speed almost won two, three. So a lot to take in in that 9K range. Going down to the 8K range, I just feel that Terrell Hatton and Lee Westwood are way overpriced. 8,900, 8,800 for, first of all, Hatton, who's never had success here, and Lee Westwood, who finished second in 2016 and, and kind of revitalized his career for like two for the API and for the players, finished back to back second places. The guy's too old, man. 8,800, no thank you. Not going to play him. But the guys I do like are just under him. Is Victor Hovland, Sung J M, Daniel Berger, and Scotty Scheffler. We've seen great golfers play here well enough to get back to back top tens. You know, Johnny Rahm, you got two, three, what, three straight top tens. Who's to say that Sung J in his first time here finishing second place can't come back and win second just to dominate again, right? I think it is gonna elevate his ownership, but I do like it. Victor Hovland didn't play here in the fall. Played here uh, two years ago when Tiger won and finished 32nd. His first time out here. Daniel Berger didn't play the last two times out, but 32nd, 27th, and 10th. So he's played here before. Scotty Scheffler, his first time out, finished 19th. When golfers are good, first time out, yeah, sometimes they miss that cut. Sometimes they dominate. Scheffler with a top 20 finish last week, last time that he was out here, incredible. Last week, I talked about Hideki Matsuyama. I'm not sure if I'm on him yet. And the reason being is that it just, I wasn't impressed enough at the Valero to say I'm ready to commit with him here at Augusta. Um, I talked about him being a core play, and I, I don't regret that choice. And he does fit this course, but the thing is, you need that putter to get hot, right? And at 8,300, you need him top 10, top 5. And the last time he finished top 10 was in 2016. So 30th last week, missed the cut at the players. At the API, 18th. The WGC Mexico, 15th. I do like the fact that he did finish at the WGC Mexico, like finishing in 15th. It's a it's a good strategy to go with Matsuyama. You just need to understand that it may not go well with those first two rounds. 
to where he's out of contention come Saturday. I do think he'll make the cut. Don't get me wrong. But is that putter going to be hot enough to get you enough for DraftKings scoring? Cam Smith, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood. I still have a bad taste in my mouth with Fitzy from the last time I rostered him here. I thought he was due for that breakout, like, top five finish. Um, I know he has a seventh place finish here. I'm just not buying it this time. I'm not going to eat into it. Cam Smith does make sense in in a lot of ways. Second here in November, 51st, and and when Tiger won, fifth in 2018. So the top 10 upside is there, but so is the volatility. We have seen some good form from him, 17th to players. We saw him at the WC Mexico, finished 11th. In my approach model, and that's kind of like what Cam Smith is all about, ranks 19th in the last 12 rounds, 25th overall in the last 50. And then my scoring model, he ranks 8th in the last 50 rounds. And my overall stat model, he ranks 15th. So Cam Smith at at 8,200 is a great play, but the thing is, it's not a secret. He's coming in at 17% ownership. I'm not afraid of that number. Like it's not going to de- it's not going to deter me from rostering Cameron Smith, but there are so many other options. Like I'll go to lower owned Deki Matsuyama. I'll go to lower owned Sung J M. I'll go to lower owned Victor Hovland. I'll even jump down in the seven seven K range and go that route just to see how these guys are doing. So we're gonna go look at our final range in the Birdie or Better segment, and this is where it gets a bit industri- interesting, but for me a bit thin. Um, I'm kind of hovering in this nine eight K range, and when you get to the seven K range, you get Chalk Paul Casey, you get haven't played here Will Zalatoris. And then you get interesting play, Joaquin Neiman. And of course, a lot of fan favorite going towards Sergio Garcia in who is very underpriced, Adam Scott at 7,600. 7,600 Adam Scott. 7,600 Adam Scott. I get it. We haven't seen great Adam Scott recently, but you think he forgot how to play golf? Come on, man. Come on. All right, first of all, Sergio. Sergio's getting love. I don't know if you know this, but he lives in Texas now, full time. His wife, they moved there. Won here in 2017, putted his ass off, won in the playoff, right? Missed the cut the following years after that, okay? So, here's where I stand. He's putting better recently. His approach game looks great. His game off the fair, uh, off the tee looked great. It's just I'm not going to buy that ownership for, for Sergio. If it keeps going up higher and higher and higher, I will get away from it. And I would rather play Bubba Watson. I would rather play Adam Scott because they have the same exact upside. And both of them have won here before as well. And I just think overall, Bubba Watson, Adam Scott are better players. Now, Bubba did finish 57th here in the fall. But we saw two years before that, 12th and 5th. At 7,800, I'll take that upside. Adam Scott, 34th here in the fall. 18th, 32nd, 9th. You get a ninth place finish out of Adam Scott at 7,600. I will take it. Okay, this is a guy who finished thir- uh, 13th at the Honda Classic just recently. Now, Bubba's approach game, kind of iffy and suspect recently, but historically pretty good. Ranks in this top 30 for me and my approach model. But my overall stat model, Bubba Watson, 39th. Adam Scott, 40th. Sergio Garcia, 12th. That's where it's coming in here a little bit differently. And part of that is recent form. Part of that is Vegas odds. I see everything that's going on here, but... Gotta deviate somewhere. We see the upside in Bubba and Adam Scott. Gotta bank on randomness. I think they're viable candidates. Now, Paul Casey, we'll talk about later, but we're gonna go straight down to Jason Day and Louis Ustuzing. 
Louis in, always shows up for these tournaments. He does, right? He loves playing in these big mainstream events where the best in the world play. And we've also seen Jason Day just dominate this track as well. Never won, but still has come close, very close. Did miss the cut last year in the fall. And I was surprised because we were talking about an, uh, a Jason Day who had been playing phenomenal up to that point. Very good golf. And then all of a sudden he got here. And as we've seen before, the course can tear people apart. Now, the reason was the putting. Okay, putting's way off. And we know historically that Jason Day has been a pretty confident, solid putter. Decent enough approach player and does historically like this track. Has an average finishing position of those that he did make the cut at in the last five years. 14th place. So you're getting that for Jason Day at $7,500. Last option here, J, uh, Louis Oosthuizen. And he is coming in at $7,500. Did have that withdraw that kind of screwed some people's lineups. But that's that's what you get with Louis, right? But he's not going to do it in a major. Don't worry. Love is scoring recently. And that's the upside there for me for Louis. Um, both of these guys rank in the top 25 in my overall stat model and the top 30 in my confidence model. So I do like that. But we're going to go down to Joaquin Neiman. And I'm kind of stuck here. And here's the thing. Single digit ownership. He's a solid approach player, great at scoring, awesome putter, top 20 in my overall stat model. Now, here's the thing. Has not played here since 2018 as an amateur. Has played here, but hasn't played here for a while. He missed the cut. So what do you do? I think the gambling man takes a shot on Joaquin Neiman. I'm going to bet him. I'm going to bet him because if I bet him, I will be less interested in playing him in DFS. And then if he wins, if he top fives, I'm still banking some money off him, right? I don't feel as bad about the fact that I didn't win him or have him in the Millie. I'm worried about the fact that he missed that cut in 2018. I'm worried about the fact that he hasn't played in a long while, right? The last time we saw Neiman was at the Honda where he finished 25th. Reason for him, he does look good. He does. Average finishing position, 27th place, and that's three straight made cuts. at the Well, WC Mexico doesn't count. It's not a no-cut event. Um, approach, top 30. Scoring, top 15. Overall stat model, 16th overall. Confidence model, 15th overall. Single-digit ownership. Talking myself into him. Abraham Answer is my next play in this range, and, of course, we'll round it out with Max Homa. Those are the only two in this 7K range that I have a lot of interest in. I think Zalatoris might get some love. Um, maybe not enough, but he hasn't played here before. So not going to fall in love with that. But I like Homa here specifically because of the scoring ability and the scoring prowess. Uh, first time here, missed the cut. So same kind of situation as other golfers that we talked to uh, or talked about. He just played here in November. Just played here. Turn it around. Turn that frown upside down. Fix your shit, Max, and get it together. I think you're a great leverage play. You finished in 10th at the API, struggled at the players, haven't played since, getting ready for the for, for the Masters. I think it's a great, solid option. Abram Answer is going to come in higher owned. Hasn't been in necessarily um, 
top form, but did top 23 at the Valero, did 22nd at the Players. Um, top form, we're looking for like top 10 from answer, but at $7,400, he's kind of a bargain. This 13th finished at the 2021 Masters is going to draw people in. It is. It's going to lead to higher ownership, I think, at the end of the week. Come lineup lock on Thursday, you're going to look at more like 15 16% ownership, the way ownership is trending right now. Um, but we'll see, right? That can always change. But Homa answer, most definitely my player pool. But lo and behold, the next question is, who can we not play this weekend? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this is the Cut Lines signature segment, can't do it, won't do it. The golfers that we cannot play that are double digit owned, can't do it, won't do it. All right, first of all, I'm not surprised, egregiously underpriced at $6,900, but Corey Connors at $6,900 is going to massively, massively own this slate in terms of ownership. Okay, right now he's only at like 19%. And that's probably before everyone else talks about him. Corey Connors, 14th at the Valero. 7th at the Players. 3rd at the API. That's recent form for Corey Connors. Historically, here at the Masters, 10th in 2021, 46th in 2019, sorry, 2020, 10th in 2020. Are you kidding me? That just screams own me and play me at $6,900. Elite approach player, elite off the tee, elite scorer recently. Only thing he tends to struggle with is putting. Overall stat model ranks top 10 for me. Confidence model ranks number 12. But if the ownership gets so high for a 6K golfer, yeah, lock him up in cash. Do it. Lock him up. Put him in your cash lineup. Do it. I guarantee you you're going to listen to Degenerates. And there he is, Kenny's cash lineup, just because you can't avoid that price for Corey Connors. But in a GPP, to get different, I'm not saying he'll miss, miss this cut. It's not what I'm saying, and this can't do it. I'm just saying that you can leverage different ways in the 6k range in the low 7k range you can look at lowry lowry we hated last year Seven thousand. you could have played him finished 25th matt wolf first time here missed the cut kind of injured kind of dinged up kind of wondering about matt wolf actually molinari falling apart in 2019 Seven thousand. victor perez last year 46 played here Corey connor's Double-digit ownership. Careful. Gonna say that. Next guy, Paul Casey. Again, I'm not saying these guys are gonna make the cut, but I am saying that 26, 27, 28, 29% ownership. Paul Casey? No, thank you. You can keep that. You can keep Paul Casey. 26, 27%. Can't do it. Won't do it. That's the can't do it segment. Let's go to the MG. Let's break it down. Let's get these 6K monsters on the board. (laughs) 
Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut, miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. So this takes us to the cut lines, MG, Monsters and Guarantee, where we look at 6K golfers who we feel can finish in the top 25 or better. And for the 6K range, we are looking at Jason Kokrak, Brian Harmon, Siwoo Kim, Matt Wallace, Lanto Griffin, and Matt Jones. No, we are not looking at Phil, though I do think Phil will make the cut. Don't get me wrong, but no. We're not looking at Phil. We're not looking at someone like Sebastian Munoz. We're not looking at Cam Champ. Oh, Cam, you're killing me, dude. Killing me. Ryan Palmer chalk? Nah, I don't think so. Anyways, looking at it. Jason Kokrak. Jason Kokrak is currently, currently, in the official world golf rankings, number 33. He's coming in at $6,900. When Corey Connors, who's 41st, is coming at $6,900. An easy pivot right there for me, especially for Jason Kokrak, who missed the cut last year. Why? Because he's a terrible putter, and it was his first time playing there. Here's the thing. Solid approach player. Solid off the tee. I don't mind the fact that he missed the cut here in in the fall. I don't. I think he's going to come back. He's going to turn around. I actually love the fact that he missed the cut because I think it's going to reduce ownership. I think he's a viable play. Projection models are going to hate Jason Kokrak. But in the long story, in the scheme of it, him getting through that first time of going through Augusta, 17th in my overall stat model, 15th in my aggregate model, 19th in my confidence model, I'm going to buy Jason Kokrak and pivot from Corey Connors. Next pivot on that CC play, Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon was actually asked by uh, by a member of Fanshare Sports in our Discord chat, okay, 34th in my confidence model, 32nd in my aggregate model, 29th in the overall stat model. Love him putting. His approach game is scoring. Again, hasn't played here since 20, uh, 2018. So it, it's been a while, but we did see him finish third at the Players' Championship. So we have noticed him to be like in better form, obviously, but hasn't played since then. Hasn't played a lot. So next option is Siwoo Kim. And as much as I would love to see Siwoo win, I don't think it'll happen. I do like Siwoo Kim's game recently. And at 6,700, another guy who could be a top 25 candidate. Ranks 21st in my overall stat model, 32nd in my confidence model. Matt Wallace and Lanto Griffin are not going to be popular. And the reason is, is because they've let people down and they've been terrible recently. In the official world golf rankings, they don't even crack the top 50. So what's going on? My overall stat model, though, they rank 28th and 30th, respectively. Lanto being being on the bottom of that. Um, historically, decent approach players. Historically, decent scoring. It just hasn't come together recently. We saw Lanto play here for the first time last year. And we saw Matt Wallace play here again. But the thing is, Wallace looked good at the Valero. Finished third. Played consistent, good, solid golf. Third time coming to the Masters, I could see him top 25 here. I do think he'll make the cut. I do think Lanto will make the cut. So that's what we're looking at here. I'm curious how much love CT Pan's going to get 
based on his finish last year. But this Matt Jones call basically is last year's CT Pan. If you want a guy in the 6K range that's going to top five, Matt Jones is my pick. Right now coming in at sub 3% ownership. In my overall stat model, ranks number 19. He's a great solid putter. Historically a decent approach player. Approach play has been better recently. In terms of recent form, come on, man. He won the Honda. He won the Honda to play here at Augusta after finishing 55th at the players. So, a lot of options here, a lot of recent form, like in this 6K range. It's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be a fun tournament. I'm excited. But that's the MG. That's the Monsters and Garrett and T. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Masters Championship at Augusta National. Want to thank Fanshare Sports. Want to thank PGA Tour. Want to thank Fantasy National for all the stats they provide. Come on, guys. Go kick some ass. Take some names. Win some tournaments. Go get them on Sunday. See you next week.